I want to speak to you from Psalms chapter 46, verse 1, 2, and 3. I'm reading from the NIV Bible. If you have it, please do join me in the reading. Psalms chapter 46, verse 1, 2, verse 3. And I'm reading. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So God is our refuge and God is our strength. You know, if we try and wrap around and wrap our heads around the things that are happening in the world today, you might even think that the world is coming to an end. There's so much that we have to deal with, more so in these times that we are living in. But we need to remember that people who lived in Bible times, they were no strangers to atrocities. Many of them that we read about, some of these characters that we are well acquainted with, even if they knew God as a loving father and all of that, they went through difficult times. And they would always tend to God, the God who is a loving father, who would quickly console his people and comfort them, just like God will console us and comfort us at this time. See, times of disaster have a way of bringing uncertainty, and fear. And when these times come, they stretch us beyond our own limits and possibility. Not as human beings, we can only be stretched so much. We can only be pushed so much. We, we end up getting to a point where we start falling apart. So at these times, all of us, we need to show resilience and strength. And when we are facing particularly new kinds of trying times, dealing with things that we haven't dealt with before. I was listening to a message this morning that it's a sermon that a preacher preached way back in the 70s. And he was actually mentioning in the teaching how as he grew up as a child, he remembers a time when people were struggling with TB, tuberculosis. At that time, if you had TB, you were given very, very little time to live because they just didn't know to, what to do with TB. See, as human beings, we have been through those times when we have to face things that we don't know what we are doing uh, and we don't know what to do with them. We are facing new things in trying times. But therefore, it's important for us that in these times, we keep the promises of God close to our hearts to give ourselves reassurance and hopes in the days that lie ahead. Why? Because if we don't do that, fear will creep in. We will lose our focus because we can be distracted by everything that is happening around us. And we can never draw strength from ourselves. We lose hope. We lose our way. God and God alone can offer us confident peace, which can never be found without God at all. And so you and I, we need to choose today to set our eyes and our attention on him because it is God who made the heaven and the earth. It is God who is sovereign. 
It's God who has an incredible plan for you and for me. He knows our way. He knows our journey. And God is, is, is with us. And it is in the sense that this psalm is written. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, we will not fear. The title of this psalm, when you read it, it's called in Hebrew, to the chief musicians for the sons of Korah, or it's an ode upon Alamoth. Possibly we are told that the meaning of this is that it is a choir of singing girls. Calmet, who is a Bible scholar and who writes Bible commentary, says this. He says, I think that this psalm was composed by the descendants of Korah on their return from Babylonian captivity, where they had once, uh, when, they, they, when they came back and they got settled peacefully in Jerusalem. Many other interpretations of this psalm are given to the occasion to say that this psalm was like, it's like a poem that is full of noble, enthusiastic feelings and they express dignity and honor to God. And all of this, you find in their expression, they use this grand expression. They speak much consolation of what God can do for his people. And we believe this psalm was really given by the inspiration of God in times when people were going through difficulty, but they could really say, in spite of what we're going through, God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Let's look at those things. First of all, God is our refuge. This psalm begins in a very interesting way, not like other psalms. It just begins abruptly and it just nobly states God is our refuge. What it implies is that you can trust in whom you want to trust. You can trust in whom you please. But as for us, we will put our trust in God. And the name for God there is the name Elohim. And they declare straight and clearly that you choose who you want to put your trust in we choose to put our trust in God. They say God is our refuge. That word refuge is a very interesting word. The meaning there has this implication of being able to flee to something. God is the one that we flee to. That word refuge speaks of taking shelter in something. God is the one that we flee to. God is the one who is the source of our strength. We take refuge, we take shelter in him. It denotes a place where one can flee to in times of danger. Those days they would build these high and lofty walls or they would have these high towers or they would have a fort which is a city built for times of war where you, in times of war you run into this fort and you are safe or a fortress. And the declaration is, God is a place that we run to. 
God is the lofty wall and the high tower and the fortress that we run to. He is like a rock that is there. So this declaration that's made about God is that we can depend on God as a place of refuge. We as his people and everything around us, even if it seems to be falling off, God will protect us. But then it shows us when God protects us, he's not protecting us to pamper us and to keep us at that place, but he shelters us so that he can strengthen us to go back to life with its duties and its dangers. God protects us so that we can go back and we can be able to face life. You see, we can't run away from the challenges of life. In the same way, we cannot run away from this period. We can never hide from it. We are in it. But even when we are in it, God is our refuge. Hallelujah. We find this declaration is so similar to what the psalmist said in Psalms chapter 18, verse 2. Let me read it for you. It reads as follows. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. One of the commentators says, you know, in the Middle East at this particular place, you'd find places that are like flat plains. And then you'll find other places that are mountainous, where there are these big rocks. And in times of war, people would run up to these mountains and run to these big rocks. And some of these big rocks, you'd find a huge crevice in which you could slip into that crevice and hide right there, right inside that rock. So when everything was being challenged and attacked, you could hide inside that rock and you can be safe. So you can hide inside that rock. The idea here is that the people of God, you and I as God's people, in times of danger, we will find God as a place of refuge. Then he says, not only is God our refuge, but God is our strength. See, what it implies is that God is the source of strength to those who are weak and defenseless. In other words, we can rely on God's strength. We are saying, we are accepting. There are things that our human strength cannot deal with. There are things that our intelligence cannot deal with. We feel exposed. We feel defenseless. We feel vulnerable. But God is our strength. God is the one who is our strength. The sense we get here is that we rely on his strength as if his strength is our own strength so that we feel safe in his strength as though we ourselves had that strength. In other words, we make this the basis of our confidence that through the strength of God that resides in our own arm, we can be able to face what stands before us. See, the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We become strong in God, not in ourselves, because in ourselves, we fall apart. In ourselves, we get gripped by fear. In ourselves, we feel so defenseless. We feel so afraid. But God is our refuge and God is our strength. Then he goes further and says, God is our refuge 
and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. My goodness. The word help there means God is our aid. God is our assistance. God is standing by to help us. But then it says he is our help in times of trouble. In other words, that word trouble, it talks about things that come our way. Trouble that covers us to a point that it brings anxiety, it means sorrow. Then it says God is present. Now, it doesn't mean God is present as in a sense of he is there. It's true, God is present in that sense. But what that word present rather means is that God is found. God is found in the times of trouble. He has been found or God has proved himself to be our helper and to help us in times of trouble. God is not only near to us, not only is he close to us, but rather he, we have found him to be such a God who has proved himself that when he, we need help, he doesn't walk away from us. And that is why, therefore, we can confide in him and because we know he has proven again and again. Think about it. The many times when God has brought you through trouble, when you thought your life was coming to an end, when you thought you wouldn't know what to do the following day, just when you thought you were at the bottom of the rung of the ladder and you were ready to throw in the tower, just at that time, God was present. God manifested himself. He is a God who is a present help. In other words, God is very present to help manifest himself. And that word very is an exaggeration. It means God is exceedingly present. In other words, emphatically so, God is there. For sure God is there. We can be assured that God is not going to walk away. Why? Because God's help is found to be very powerful and very effectual in our times of difficulties and confusion. It's true that in the most eminent sense, God has always been found to be a helper. And therefore, because God is there, is present and manifesting, involved with us in trouble, therefore, for that reason, we will not fear. We will not be afraid. Why? Because God is our strength and our refuge. Let's read it again. God is our refuge. God is our strength and ever-present help in time of need. Now, then it goes on. It says, he's an ever-present help in times of trouble. Now, that word trouble is a very interesting word because it describes these tight places, the corners that we find ourselves in. It describes places that we get into and we don't know how to get out. We are in a corner. We are in a tight spot. We have no room to move. We have no room to breathe. But even when that happens, the scriptures declare, do not be afraid because God is present, even in times like that. Then David says, the next thing is that Sami says, therefore, verse 2, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. 
Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, we will not fear. Though the waters roar and the waters foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we will not fear. We will not fear because God is a refuge. God is a strength. God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. We will not fear when the earth gives ways and the mountains and the seas are doing all of that. In short, what he's saying is this. Our confidence in God shall be unshaken. Our confidence in God will be abiding because we have God as our refuge and our strength. Therefore, we have nothing to fear. He's saying, even if the world can go through commotion and things that we thought cannot shake, shake in our world, we will trust the all-powerful arm of the almighty God. He says, though the earth be removed, literally, in other words, even if the earth changes, even if there should be earth tremors, even if the systems of this world can be shaken, even if the earth should be transformed, even if we may run into things in our time that we are not used to, that we don't know, we will not be shaken. What it means is, though the earth should change in its place, in its structure, though the earth should go through convulsions or the earth should perish altogether, we will not be afraid. Though the earth may not continue in the form that we know. Maybe this new normal that we are talking about, maybe this new day, this new way of doing things, even if it may be overwhelming to us, we will not be afraid. Why? Because God will remain our friend. God will remain our protector. God is there, present, fully involved with us. And for that reason, we will not be afraid. He goes further, he say, though the waters therefore roar. When you read the Bible, waters in the Bible are a prophetically signified people. And it also speaks of people generally in a state of commotion. It could be political commotion or any kinds of commotion. It means in times of terror and in times of war in times of difficulty and when the waters are roaring and people are in a state of confusion, we will not be afraid. Why? Because God is our refuge. God is our hiding place. God is ever present in times of these. The waters of the sea, the idea here is that we will not be afraid though everything is in commotion. Even if everything around us when we look at it, may cause us to be unsettled. It may cause us to be restless. Let's be honest. I mean, this time, you know, when you hear the news, so-and-so has passed. This one has contracted the disease. This is happening. So many people are dying. I tell you from a natural standpoint, okay, you feel a sense of being unsettled, rattled on the inside. Maybe some of you, you know people on a very personal level. Could be your family member. Could be your loved one. Could be a friend from work. It could be somebody in the neighborhood. It could be just in a short time. I was just talking with one pastor yesterday and both of us were sort of comparing notes. In a short space of time, in a day, you hear about five people, six people passing away. You hear about seven other people being infected. 
I can tell you something that can be unsettling. That can rattle you. You can look at it and say, I wonder what's going to happen. Sometimes people were so unhappy when the officials were announcing that we have to do this, we have to dig so many graves, we have to do this. When you are listening to all of that, something becomes unsettling. And the psalmist said, even if the world is being unsettled, what will keep us from not being unsettled is to remember that God is a present help in times of need. Even if the earth might be changed and says this, even if the mountains may be removed, Mountains are a symbol of stability, grandiosity. They are a symbol of something that's permanent, something that's there, something that can never be moved. But it says even when those mountains get removed and the seas get agitated and they roar and they dash against the store, the, the, the shore, and all of that happens, but still even then, in our minds, we will become even when there's trouble, even when things are boiling, that word trouble speaks of things that are boiling or something that is fermenting or something that is foaming. It's talking about like an ocean that is agitated, that lashes out foam. Nothing is more fearful than an ocean that's in a storm. Nothing furnishes a better illustration about how unsettled we can become. But yet in the midst of that, God can bring peace amidst a time of agitation. So when these come, things come our way, we remain calm as sea men and sea women. Men who are there navigating the storms of the sea, we become calm even if we are going through commotions. Even if all these mountains are moving, we, all of us, we will not be afraid, though the mountains are that way. Though the most fixed things, the most things that we thought are permanent, things that we thought will never be uprooted, we thought things will never sink, just like the Titanic, when it was built and they said it will never sink, it will never run aground. When you see things that you thought can never move and can never be shaken, when you see them being shaken, that's the time for us to remember. God is our strength. Even if the world goes through convulsions, even if the world changes, even if there's threatening danger, we place our confidence in God. You know why? Because God rules over all. Because God does not change. God is our refuge and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. What I want to do right now is just to go through some scriptures with you. I want us to read them and think on them. During the time of prayer in the week, I've been sharing with people the power of meditating on God's word. How important it is for us to not just read God's word, but to think on it. I'm going to read these scriptures with you and go through them with you slowly so that you might be able to let the scriptures apply in your mind. You see, it is only God's word that will keep you grounded. Just like when we take an anchor at sea and throw it to the bottom of the ocean to stabilize a sea that's been rocked this way and that way by the waves, tossed this way by the rough seas, tossed this way by the storm. We take an anchor, throw it to the bottom where it's going to get hooked on the rocks at the bottom of the ocean. 
And it is those stable rocks that will help the ship to not be swept away by the currents that are there. In the same way, my sister and my brother, God's word can be able to help you to stay grounded. So I'm going to ask you, as I go through these scriptures, write them down and take a few moments every day if you can this week to soak yourself in the scriptures. Let them be the scriptures that will sustain you for the days that lie ahead. Remember, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the antidote of faith. Somebody said, fear knocked at the door. Faith answered and opened the door. And when it opened the door, there was no one at the door. You know, in the same way that light dispels darkness, fear is dispelled by faith. But faith doesn't come by praying. Faith doesn't come by wishing and hoping. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. This is what I want to suggest to you. These scriptures that I'm going to give to you, read them out loud in whatever translation of the Bible that you prefer. Read them out loud so that you can hear them, so that they can register on your heart, so that as you hear them, they can build faith. Remember, the Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit that comes to attack you. There have been days this week when I've woken up and for whatever reason, there was fear in my heart. But you know, I learned something. When fear comes, you don't keep quiet. You don't listen to it. You don't do what it tells you. You stand up aggressively and you challenge that fear with the word of God. So as I give you the scriptures, I want to ask you, read them out loud and hear what the scriptures say. Are you ready? Let me read for you. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, this is what it says. The name of the Lord is the strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Run into the name of the Lord. Hold on to the name of the Lord because it is a strong tower. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 reads, Do not grieve for the Lord is your strength. Make that a declaration. The Lord is my strength. On those days when you feel down, you feel like throwing in the towel. Maybe you've just had bad news from somewhere. Just say it. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. Say it many times. Say it again and again. Declare it more and more. The Lord is my strength. Psalms 27 verse 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Declare that. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. The Lord is my fortress. I find safety in the Lord. I hide in the Lord. I run to the Lord. Of whom shall I be afraid? Make that your affirmation. Make that your declaration. Deuteronomy chapter 31, 
verse 8. Listen what it says. It says, He sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. God sets on high those who are lowly, and God is able to lift us up. Make that declaration. Put your trust in God, because that's what God wants to do for your life. Psalms chapter 23, verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Note what the scripture says. Even though I walk through the valley, isn't that describing these times that we're in? But note what that scripture says. We are walking through. We are not standing in the valley. We are not wallowing in the valley. We are walking through. And it says, I will fear no evil. I'm aware there's evil. I'm aware there's trouble all around. But I will fear no evil. And the reason I will fear no evil is because you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Read that scripture. Make it your own. Job chapter 5, verse 11, it says, He sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is a faithful God. Every morning, every new day, God has something new and something special for you. You can surely depend on him. God doesn't run out of what to give to you. There's no day that God cannot be able to give you what is sufficient for the day. His steadfast love for you will never cease and his mercy for you will never come to an end. Jesus says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Then he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. Psalms 119 verse 76, it says, Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. John 16, 33, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. Note what Jesus says. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Psalms 139, verse 11 and 12, it says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light shall be by night, even the darkness is not dark for you. The night is bright as day, for darkness as light with you. And then it goes on in Psalms 55, verse 2, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. God 
is our God. Second Thessalonians 3, 16, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Our scripture again, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we will not be afraid. God is your refuge. God is your strength. Never allow anything to take that confidence from God. Isn't it wonderful that we can still call upon God at a time like this? We can still call upon him because he is the one who knows our journey, knows our lives, understands what we are going through. Maybe as you've been listening to God's word, you want to give your life to Christ. You want to say, Jesus, will you come into my heart and make me a child of God? I want to pray for you right now as you join me in prayer. I want you to pray right where you are. doesn't matter where you are. Just join me in this prayer as we pray. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring this, your child, to you as they come to you right now. Invite you into their hearts to be their Savior and their Lord. Thank you that you will change them and transform them and make them to be your own children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.